This podcast is a proud member of the CypherCast Network. Discover more at cyphercast.net and follow us on Twitter at cyphercast.net. Welcome to Incantations, an Invisible Sun podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave. And we'll be your guides along the path of suns. Today we sing one spell. With Playing with the World's Toys, we'll be discussing the various secrets Vizlay can learn. Join us on the path of suns as we cover some secrets. When we cast Playing with the World's Toys, we talk about the mechanics of Invisible Sun. This time we're talking about secrets that characters can learn. We're not talking about the secrets hidden in the book for players to discover. That's another topic that would be interesting, but it's probably better left to discover for ourselves. So let's talk about secrets. Um, character secrets. That's what we're talking about. Um, so what are character secrets? I didn't I didn't define this in our notes, so uh, how would you best describe them? They're like... Uh, abilities and benefits that characters can learn or discover in the game. Uh, you, you spend acumen to acquire them um, and they, they do fun stuff and they have levels associated with them so that you get an idea of how powerful or how difficult a secret might be to acquire. Uh, and they do all sorts of different things. So in preparation for this discussion, I wanted to read through you know, a bunch of the secrets to get an idea of what my players are going to be interested in uh, and then picked out a few. But then I also wanted to talk a little bit about um, how, how are we, how do you plan on introducing secrets into your games? Yeah, I think of secrets as totally not feats, but basically feats uh, from a 3.5 base system, except that secrets are very clearly intended to have more of a narrative implication in the game, not just a mechanical implementa- uh, implication, but it, th- they would like to at least have the option to have characters pursue these uh, in the way that going all the way back to the origins of D&D, people have uh, talked about, oh, well, if you're going to go up a level, maybe you need to train to do that. Do you need to find someone to, to teach you how to use your thieves tools this particular way? And there's all these narrative options for advancement that 90% of the time people hand wave away and say, I have experience points. I'm going up in a level. Same thing here. You could just say, I, I have the resources needed to learn a secret. I'm going to spend those resources and learn that secret. But with the other parts of the game, you could also say, oh, well, uh, you really do need to find someone to teach you, or you need to find a book that has this information, or you need to you know, bathe in this fountain that will give you access to this ability. But there, so there's much more of a story connection to these secrets. And that's one of the things that I've been sort of mulling over. Uh, my characters have taken an interest in a couple of secrets. Um, so the Weaver just learned uh, the secret to like increase the the uh, the range of all of their magical effects, uh, and they had to go and seek out uh, the Fiddler over in the Green Sun and learn the secret from them. Uh, I had another character learn a secret from somebody that they had helped, uh, and it was like those are you know, story hooks that said, Hey, you know, this, 
you have access to this if you perform or if you walk through this part of the story. If you if you do a little bit of work, then you can spend the acumen and you can gain this secret. And I think that generally works uh, for like the first time that I have characters interested in secrets. I think it would also work for when they are really interested in getting an extremely powerful secret. So, you know, I think the the highest level secret that they've learned so far is like level five. I think once they start touching on level eight and level nine, that's when I'm, I'm going to start thinking about requiring them to go, you know, jump through some hoops in order to learn these secrets. But I think if they start showing an interest in much lower level secrets, I may not really ask for more than just, hey, how did you learn this secret? Like, just tell me how you did it. Spend the acumen. I want to know, you know, the little story behind this, but I don't really want to have it take multiple sessions. Like we've done that. It's been interesting, but I don't think we need to do that from here on out. I I agree. This has been a topic that's come up in, I think it's the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. A, a few, um, and there are a variety of interpretations. Uh, I am with you where I think it depends very much where you are in the story. Uh, I'm if, if my story was crowded with a bunch of hooks and arcs that were going on, I wouldn't want to add another one just because I feel like I need a character arc related to learning a secret. I might just develop mode that, or I might, uh, one time I built learning a secret into an encounter where the, if I recall this correctly, the Goetic was summoning someone and I knew that she wanted to learn a secret. So I sort of had part of the bargain with the summoning involve learning the secret. Mm-hmm. So I, I just built it into that, that encounter. So it wouldn't take up, it wouldn't add a layer of complexity to the narrative in terms of character arcs. But if we were low on character arcs, either at the beginning of the campaign or for whatever reason hit a hit a lull, and that we needed something to to uh, propel us forward, it's it would be perfectly reasonable to use uh, a narrative requirement for a secret to uh, give you an idea for the next couple of sessions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like the idea of differentiating kind of higher cost secrets and really making sure they have a narrative uh, hook to them from the lower cost secrets. Uh, but also again, just the context of the story might tell you whether you want, you know, whether you want to invest time in it right now, I probably for, uh, except for the biggest secrets, uh, I probably wouldn't tell players, I know you want to buy this, but it's going to be at least three or four more sessions for you to finish this character arc. <laughs> yep. uh, uh, but for the big secrets, you know, six or maybe above, above like eight or above or whatever. I don't know what the, rule would you know what the where the line would be i might i wouldn't hesitate to say you can start learn you can start the process of a character arc uh to learn this secret but it's not going to be right now for some of the other secrets it just would feel uh frustrating i think to say well this is just a two acumen secret we've got all these other character arcs going on we're heading into face the big bad or whatever it might be um and i really want to buy the secret like oh well no you need three sessions to do this would be uh, i think counterproductive so it, it, there is no rule uh, just play it by ear one of the other questions i saw online was that um okay where does one learn these secrets because there are some npcs that are mentioned that, I know in the directed campaign, I think in some of the other material that they know certain secrets. Yeah. So it is identified that NPC X knows secret Y or something like that. And some people seem to imply that, Oh, well, if we don't know canonically where, who knows the secret, we kind of have to wait for those NPCs to reveal themselves. And I, I, I don't 
agree. Uh, I think GMs can put these secrets wherever they want them. They can scrawl them on the end, inside of a cave wall for your players to encounter uh, and not uh, and not they don't have to go through the NPC who is described as knowing that secret. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I mean, it's it's your game. You, you can you can say that if this character knows this secret, if it's spelled out in the text that this character knows this secret and you want to make that be the only source to learn that secret from, like, hey, go nuts. Um, but like I was saying, this this is my game. And if it's just, you know, relevant that the character has run across this secret secret without interacting with this character, like, I'm going to do it. Um, there are some secrets in book M, I believe, uh, that do have some requirements like a child's shortcuts. Uh, so in the text of the book, it says, uh, you can learn this secret only by interacting with the unseen children in Saturn. No one can teach it, even someone who has learned it from them. So that's an interesting requirement. And, you know, I would use that as, I guess, as a guide to say, hey, if you want to learn this, like we're going to have a story about you going and talking to these unseen children and figuring out this, this secret. So, Absolutely. So in that case, I would probably not throw that out. I would, I would actually follow that and say, all right, Hey, you want to learn the secret? Like there's a requirement for you to do it. Though. And I agree. That sounds like a really interesting requirement. And when the requirements are interesting and compatible with my story, yeah. I would, I would respect them when, uh, but I wouldn't hesitate if I saw a requirement that I thought, just didn't work with what the story we were telling to throw it out. <laughs> but I'm pretty loose with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty loose with it. And either I'd throw it out or if it's also interesting to say, you just don't have access to that spell or to that secret. I might also just give that as the answer. Right. And it, 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 it all depends on context, but uh, my rule of thumb is, does this work right now? Uh, does this help everyone enjoy the story where you're telling? And if so, then that requirement is great. If not, can it be adapted? Um, and if yes. it cannot be adapted, can it be delayed? Yeah. So I, I'm looking at it kind of in the same sort of way. Uh, like, but I'm looking at it as, is it like, there are a couple decisions here. Are you going to throw out the requirement uh, to learn the secret and just say, yeah, you have access to it. Or is it also interesting to, you know, remove that secret from the toolbox that the players could have? Like, if that's not interesting, then you throw out the requirement and you say, okay, you can have access to this. So what are some examples of secrets that you found particularly compelling uh, and illustrate the diversity of options? Well, I'm not sure if I've got some that illustrate diversity uh, of the options because a lot of the secrets that I was picking out were like, I think my characters are going to be interested in this. I think the players are going to look to these secrets. Um, and a lot of them were secrets that, uh, break the rules that are laid out for Visley early on. And a lot of the restrictions that Visley have early on are uh, tied to the resources that you can spend. So a lot of what I was looking at was how do you break out of those restrictions? Because I know a lot of the players are kind of getting antsy about that. Maybe not antsy, but they're, they're always you know, thinking about, oh, I can only spend one Bene or, oh, I can only spend uh Sortilage if I don't have an enhancement die already. Uh, so a lot of the, the secrets that I pulled out of the way that I wanted to remember and keep in my head 
have to do with breaking those restrictions. Mm -hmm. uh, and like the, the first big one is deep, uh, deep power, which is a level six secret. And it allows you to use sorcery and intellect when casting spells. So that's not really breaking the restriction, but it's just sort of expanding the resources that you have to interact with the magic system. And six level six implies it costs six acumen. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. Secrets cost one acumen per level. They don't, they don't scale up in any way like uh, Forte abil abilities do. They're, they're just a straight acumen cost. And this implies a, a scale for comparison. A six-point secret is the equivalent of two uh, levels in an action mode skill. I guess I hadn't thought about it like that, but yeah. And so this is pretty powerful, but then again, the cost is, is significant as well, though uh, mm -hmm. I found my players tend to accumulate acumen fairly quickly. Um, yeah, my, some of my players are sitting on like 14 acumen, and I've been suggesting they find some way to spend it because that's yes. a lot of acumen to be sitting on uh for a while in the playtest, secrets were kind of hard there weren't a lot of options and it was kind of hard to figure out how to work with them but now that we have the mm -hmm. books uh they should be easily uh, identified except they are in the way rather than the key hey but we have pdfs for the way now so it's easy to you know hand those Absol out to players and... absolutely but that's that's a recent development <laughs> yes um, so another one that I picked out there was Elevate Spells. It's a level two secret. And this is one that lets you break those restrictions. So you can spend an additional Bene uh, in order to increase the level of a spell. Uh, and that would be a sorcery Bene to increase that level. Um, so right off the bat, as a Vizlay, you can spend sorcery equal to the level of the spell, but you can also spend one additional Bene to increase the level. And this Elevate Spells increases that limit so that you can spend another one and then it unlocks uh, uh, magnify spells which further increases that cap so this is how this is how i think that visley become more powerful with the tools that they currently have it just allows them to spend more resources to make their effects bigger um sure the other way you can do that is by getting more powerful spells but hey <laughs> um, so the last one I picked out of here was expansive endeavor. Uh, that's a level three. And this is, a, this is instead of interacting with magic, this lets you spend three additional Bene on an action instead of just one. And that unlocks another, something like magnificent endeavor, uh, or make, I forget what it is, but it, this is the other one that lets you break that restriction and be more competent and use your resources more. I could see Elevate Spell being particularly interesting to Vance's, where their spells are kind of locked down a little bit. Uh, this gives them the flexibility to to amplify the spells. Uh, Weavers might say, well, this is largely redundant with what I already do. Um, yes. And some secrets will be more appealing to some uh, orders than others, and that's, that's natural. We'll see more examples of that. Yeah. Uh, if you're not a Weaver, your ability to spend sorcery is restricted by the level of the spell you're casting. But Weavers can just Weavers can really just say, I'm going to like overshoot the goal that I'm looking for just so that I can get a bigger spell. So like, we need to fly up to the top of that building. Well, what if I just teleport all of us? Uh, you know, that's, that's like a level nine spell or something. 
Um, but now that we have book M, uh, I pulled a couple out of there too that I that I thought were really interesting. Uh, Appease the Devil, it's a level five. And uh, this is the first secret that I noticed that uh, interacts with like the, the Goetic's ability uh, to work with, in this case, demons. Um, so there are three secrets uh, in book M that help Goetic's boost colloquy roles with different entities. And this one is for demons. It gives Goetics a plus two on all their bribery colloquies with demons. Uh, and then there are other secrets for angels and another for ghosts. So I thought that was really interesting because outside of skills, um, you don't really have, well, skills and uh, items that you bring to the table. You don't have a whole lot of other ways to interact with the colloquy role. So it's nice that there's a secret that does that. Right, and and uh, it does the it, it does this in an indirect way. It's it whereas you could take a skill in bargaining or whatever it yes. might be. Uh, this instead provides more information on what the subject of the colloquy might want. Mm-hmm. So it, it it is not this. It does it's not duplicative with the skill bonuses you might get. It, it provides a different. It, it affects a different part of the colloquy. Yeah. Um... So the next one that I picked out uh, has to do with patrons, which, uh, hey, patrons, it's an interesting idea. And now there are secrets and fortes that support it. And here's one of the secrets that does. Uh, so in thy name, it's a level five. And what this does is if you invoke your patron's name when you're performing an action, then the first Benny you spend gives you plus two instead of plus one to your venture. Um, My grab stars hammer. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you turn your you turn your Visley into a paladin or a cleric. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, there's a couple that seem particularly interesting that we can kind of finish off with. One illustrates how large secrets can be and how costly they can be. Oh, uh, a secret called Quamus. Yeah, I wasn't sure how to pronounce that one. Um, I'm just guessing. Uh, it is 15. Uh, it's a level 15 secret. That's all that, that gets rid of all of your uh, players acumen. They've been, they've been sitting on for a while. Yes. And it gain, it gives you true understanding of a thing. And this would be one of those secrets that I would say, this is going to be a multi-session quest to find this secret. Absolutely. Um, and, and again, it'll be at your table to interpret what it means to understand a thing and what power over that thing you gain by a true understanding. Um, but it's, this is the, this is the quest object. Um, and I think it actually says a lot about invisible sun that, uh, <laughs> a true understanding of a thing is maybe one of the most kind of, uh, sought after expensive quest objects, as opposed to, uh, the flaming sword of whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is what the game is about <laughs> understanding. So the ultimate uh, prize is true understanding. And this secret represents that pursuit of true understanding as a secret one might gain at the highest level of secrets. I like the idea of a character going after this secret in order to learn everything and gain true understanding about their primary antagonist. Mm-hmm. That would be a fun way to deal with the big bad guy. Or KFC's uh, Spice Blend. I mean, that's probably higher than level 17, but <laughs> so it's not covered by this game. 
Uh, the last of the examples uh, of these uh, secrets that are kind of open up new areas of the game is tap current. This is something we uh, discussed in our, dis our overall discussion of Book M, uh, but there's an elaboration on the notion of there being different currents of magic, the Path of Suns being just one of them, the Nightside Path being a second, but there being many more. Uh, and this allows a player to tap into one of those alternative currents. It allows them to uh, kind of ignore or double the effects of Sooth cards of different suns um, and engages that whole kind of subsystem about how currents of magic may affect uh, the flow of magic in the game. This is another example of a secret I would demand to be very strongly tied into the narrative. You wouldn't find this at a book a bookstore, like uh, tapping currents for dummies. You would need to really quest to find information about the currents and then a particular current and then how to attune to that particular current, and then actually do the attunement. Um, that would be you know, a four-step sort of character arc uh, to, to get this secret, even though it's not the most expensive of the secrets. It uh, is one that so, is so fundamental to the nature of magic that I, I would have high expectations for that story. Yeah, I would too. I'm with you on that. Like it's, it's, a secret about, it's a secret about the actuality and how the whole world is put together, and that, that seems very fundamental. So based on this conversation, what have uh, in preparing for and having this conversation, what do you come away with in uh, kind of a new understanding or appreciation for secrets? Um, secrets are really interesting. And a lot of what I've been thinking about is how do I introduce secrets? How do I encourage my players to, you know, read through the secrets or do I go through them and try and find some that I think they might be interested in? And then what sort of requirements am I going to put around giving those secrets out to the players? Like we've done a couple secrets now. One of them was fairly significant simply because it was the first player driven uh, quest for a secret that we'd had at the table. And I think from here on out, those smaller secrets, I'm just going to ask for just a justification for how they got it. Uh, and then, hey, spend your acumen. But for the, the bigger ones, like uh, Quamus or Tap the Current, like that's when I'm going to want to see a, a bigger player-driven storyline that gets to those secrets. So that's a lot of what I've been thinking about. Like, how am I going <laughs> to introduce them and how am I going to motivate the, the players to try and go for them? Yeah, and this is also a case where I think of the game as being very player-centered, where for the most part, uh, unless I see something that really stands out, I'll let players come to me to tell me what secrets they, they want to learn and then talk about how they might do that and build it in either through development mode, through not even development mode, which is just we're starting the game again and you've been, you know, we're, we're after a break. And so tell us what you've been doing for the last two weeks in Saturine and they could just say it then. Um, yep. Or you need to get an entire character arc or you need something like a greater character arc, like, you know, double everything. Uh, cost-wise and benefit-wise character arc because you're going after Quamus or some huge secret. Uh, but waiting for players to really bring it to me for the most part. Uh, it, cause, because if they don't, if they, they don't really worry about secrets, that's just fine. <laughs> they don't have to. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's, it doesn't break the game if they don't do that. Whereas you can imagine other games, if, if players simply didn't take feats, 
they would fall so far behind the power curve that they would be irrelevant in the game. And that's not the case in this game. No, no. But they are cool little perks that your characters can get. Oh, right. I'm glad they exist. I'm not saying that yes. we should just forget them. I'm just saying if a player doesn't care about this particular part of the game and never brings it to my attention, I don't think they're going to enjoy the game less. No, I, I don't think they will. But, uh, you know, for my table, I'm, I'm trying to think of ways to at least present secrets to some of my players so that they have the option or they are aware of what's out there for them to use. This ends our walk. Maybe you discovered something today. Maybe you need to look closer. The music was titled Beyond from Wes Otis and Plate Mail Games. It is available from DriveThruRPG. Invisible Sun is the intellectual property of Monty Cook Games. You can find a link to their website in the show notes. You can find our blog at incantationspodcast.blogspot.com or email us at incantationspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at Agonseer, that's at A-G-O-N-S-E-E-R, on Twitter. And you can find me at Tex underscore Red on Twitter. So please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes uh, or whichever uh, podcast app you are using. Uh, it really helps us out. Uh, we also like seeing ratings and reviews, whether they're good or bad. Uh, or else just tell a friend about the show. That's another great way to get the word out and ha help people find us.